1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and member FDIC. All
0: right, we are back in the FlowTrack podcast and the mega NCAA extravaganza is underway. We are recording this Friday evening. Gordon, two days into the NCAA Indoor Championships, just two days away from the NCAA Cross-Country Championships. Are you liking the 2021 schedule so far, Gordon?
1: Uh, I'm liking it because it exists, right? And this, <laughs> I think the first day of NCAA Indoor's, we'll get right into it, has the prelims kind of give us some unexpected events uh, highlighted mm-hmm. by what Wesley Kiptu just did in the 5K. Who does that? That is not
0: normal, right? yeah yeah that was not normal at all i watched your performance in the press conference where you were basically asking him that question seven different ways uh i don't think i don't know if you ever got a clear or a satisfying answer because you kept following up and kept following up but he goes out there he wears gloves he goes out in 406 for the mile and then just kind of cruises and is so far ahead that he doesn't need to push it because, as we know, he's one of the guys who's doubling. And he's not just ahead by a little bit. This wasn't a, oh, he's got 5 meters, 10 meters on the field that can kick away. He was ahead by a, he could have fallen down twice. Tied his shoe. You could have went the wrong direction. Shoe. You could yeah. have went the wrong direction. He could have gone right. Realize,
1: make a U-turn, turn around, and still would have won.
0: Yeah, and yet he he looked like he was not going completely to the well, but he certainly did not jog it in because he runs 13.23, which is an incredibly quick time given the circumstances. And I thought the same thing as you, which is just like, whoa, is this a, oh my goodness, look how good this guy is, cross-country world lookout on Monday, or is it going to be a situation where we say – maybe he should have taken his foot off the gas. What do you think? I mean, I think regardless, no matter
1: what he does on Monday, we're going to think about it through the lens of what he did this past afternoon. I guess if you're listening to us Friday night, late this past afternoon, if you listen to Saturday morning yesterday, but he, I mean, I think he just is so raw to like racing strategy. When I was interviewing him after, I don't, I try to ask. We, I mean, multiple people asked him, like, when you see 201 on the clock, when you're running a 5K, I mean, he was running his 800 split. World record pace. To be his clear. Yeah. His 800 yes. split was 201. Yeah. He's literally running world record pace. And he's like, not thinking, like, hey, maybe I should take it easy. And he was just like, oh, no, I'm just running. I just keep, he's, he looks at it such a basic way, a, like a simple way, like, I just run, and I try to run away from the people who are chasing me. And then once they're far away enough away, I can kind of relax. Like he's basically the version of how we all would react in a zombie apocalypse: you run as fast as you can, and once you have distance, you relax. You know, you you find shelter. But when they're coming for you again, you pick it up. And that's his race strategy, and it's it's worked so far. But I think the question you and I are going to have is: Will it work? against a Connor Mance, a Luis Grijalva, a Nico Young. I mean, even a Cooper tier. It hasn't worked yet against a Cooper tier. He lost to a Cooper tier in a three k So that's the big question is this strategy works against, you know, Aaron Benefeld, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, a bunch of other guys who like and a Morgan Beatles scum. Nothing against what they did. They all first of all, they all ran incredible times. <laughs> it's like 1333 yeah, yeah. was eight, which is insane. Uh but right. like he has yet to really go up against like a true like thirteen teen type guy like a Lewis Grijalva or a Connor Mance.
0: Just looking back at his splits here, as I mentioned, he was four oh six at sixteen hundred. Uh, Adrian Wildshut, who was the closest to him, was four oh nine. But Eric Hamer, the eventual runner up, was four eighteen. So he had twelve seconds on him at the mile. At thirty two hundred, he had fifteen seconds on Hamer. Had seven seconds on Wildshut and then by the end as i mentioned the margin of victory was about six seconds over hamer but that was with i mean his last let's see he went 32 33 flat 32 325, 32 8 for his last several laps there you know he could have taken his foot off the gas right he could have that 31 8 could have been a 33 he could have been looking around and completely relaxed and he didn't do it i'm wondering just like you going into this meet hey we've never seen him in an ncaa championship how's he going to deal with i don't want to say the like the competition because he's raced good competition before but it's different in a championship and you and i have seen guys and women run fast in the regular season and then for whatever reason in the championship it it they they're not able to produce it at that moment and he answered that question definitively but in a way it's almost like he answered it <laughs> too well because now he's got to go ahead and do it again in two days the reason why i'd be confident if i was iowa state if i was Wesley kip to if i was a kip 2 fan is he just looks so dang effortless doing it as, as you mentioned like running away from you know in a zombie apocalypse except a very very composed person within a zombie apocalypse <laughs> um and i think he helped i think he helped obviously get this race going he almost ran too fast it's not like he drug all these people to pr's because the pace was so quick but i think him going out fast pulled wild shut out fast pulled everybody else by by extension out quick and they had a nice little pack going behind him yeah it was several seconds pack of of kiptu but that's how you end up with what do we have here 1329 1329 1330 1321 1332 1332 1333 were the scorers here i'm guessing that's faster than you anticipate than you thought going in
1: yeah I mean, we talk about the this being a year of incredible performances. I mean, we thought what BYU did when they had three guys run sub thirteen thirty. Right. Like, a guy ran thirteen thirty-three and isn't even all American. He got ninth. Yeah, thirteen thirty-three yeah, yeah. was ninth in this race. A yeah. shout out Andrew Jordan. Got it. That's gotta that's gotta hurt, man. Thirteen thirty three every year is probably top five, but this year it's it's ninth. Mm-hmm.
0: Um yeah, I mean I can just can you imagine this race though with Mance. With Klinger. Yeah. With Grijalva. With and basically Tier. with drop yeah. BYU and NAU right in the, yeah, with Cooper Tier. Well I don't know. Do you want to talk about Oregon tonight? The Oregon men? We're gonna to get some to women in the back in the back half of the show. Do you want well, to talk about before talk, I do, uh, Oregon I do men or we do, do we you want to talk to give, about Well, before we talk about I just want to give a shout out to our
1: boy Shea Foster. Guy coming out of nowhere. <laughs> Listener to he, the pod. He soloed in his conference meet to qualify for the indoor 5k. Then he runs a massive PB here. You know, you got to love the small school kid just coming in uh, mixing up with the boys. I mean, when he sent us that email, look out for me. You, you've <laughs> He's arrived. He doesn't need to be looked out for. I mean, you run 13 twenties, you're arrived. And I think it's pretty cool. It will be interesting though. Yeah. We look at this crop of guys, where will they all finish mm-hmm. on Monday? We know Kip 2 probably still yeah. going to be top three, no matter what. But the rest of them, will this hurt them? Will this help them, give them confidence? We don't know. But, yeah, mm-hmm. we. I do think, well, though... Uh, oh, go. No. Sorry.
0: When you look at my fantasy team, I'm just looking at it from my fantasy perspective. I have two and Fell, So I have one and five in this race. But that doesn't get me anything because I need to do it on Monday. <laughs> so I'm a little worried. Come on, guys. No, go ahead. I mean, the main
1: thing I took away from this race is I know, basically... Ed Eyestone and Mike Smith were definitely watching this because they both have an individual front runner in Gorhalva and Mance, mm-hmm. who they probably want the individual title for their their guy, their senior or junior in, yeah. in uh, Mance's case. But they also want them to make sure they're still top three. So there are a two points or one sure. point, three points. And my, the main question I have coming out of this is, how do Ed and Mike react to what Kiptu did? And do they adjust their game plan for their team for their individual like is it going to be the same no matter what because you see what happened to a moyn kemboy a he's good he's yes arkansas yeah. sec champ he, he arguably would finish top five and cross fresh and he went with them and then as a result yeah he finished 407
0: like yep he, he went with them. and so and the i wonder is, how much of that Go ahead. Sorry. Okay. No, sorry. I'm, I'm excited. I, I was just going to say, I wonder how much of that was him thinking about Monday I, with those, with Arkansas guys. I wonder how much of it was, Hey, like we got another race in a, in 48 hours or 72 hours. I'm losing track of time. And, but you're right. For, to answer your question, I would let him go a hundred percent. The way Kip2 races is not conducive to a low risk, team score strategy that is a high risk strategy if you go out with wesley kip too. it'd be one thing if he was fast but it was even effort measured effort and you were able just to play off of him a little bit and eh, if you red line you're okay you can hold it together no man he if people go with him on monday if he does the same thing on monday he's with those hills he's gonna put people like out to pasture really quickly (laughs) Like they're just that second loop comes around, they're just going to opt out. They're not even going to go into that forest with Wesley Kiptu. They're not going to know what type of person they're going to turn into when they come back out. So, no. If I'm if I'm a BYU or an NAU front runner or any front runner really, I don't think your best chance for a a low score is going with Wesley Kiptu. I think that's your that's a recipe for blowing up. Unless unless he tempers it a a bit on Monday, which is a possibility because he could have trouble uh, recovering from this.
1: You know what I would do? Hmm. If I was an NAU coach or an NAU athlete or BYU coach or BYU athlete, I would get a text thread going between Mance, Grijalva, Coach Eyestone, and Coach Smith,
0: <laughs> and I would say, hey, guys, yeah,
1: we both want to win. We get it. We want, we, want, we want to beat each other. But our best opportunity to beat each other is with our top guys doing well. So what I would do is I would have Mance and Grijalva collude where they agree, hey, let's not go with Kiptu, but let's go with him, but like 15 meters back. So he feels like he mm-hmm. has us dropped, but we are with him. So like he because I feel like he keeps going as fast as possible when there's people near him. He's like a magnet. He just has to repel okay. himself away from people. So if he feels like he has a lead, the pace that he's pushing is probably gonna slow down, which allows Mance and Grijalva to handle it easier. And then in the final K. Mm-hmm. They're like, all right, let's go. Let's go chase him. Sneak they back past Kip, too. And then it's Mance versus Grijalva at the end. I think that's the best opportunity. It's like, hey, we'll be in no man's land together. Let's let him think he's winning 25 meters ahead. We are the real leaders. We will stay together. We'll look at each other and say, all right, let's go. And then once you pass each other, they're not teammates anymore. They're enemies and they go for the individual win. I think that's going to be the best strategy. That's That's my opinion.
0: Definitely best strategy. The only part of the plan that won't work <laughs> is the part where NAU and BYU work together. Other than that, genius. I don't see any issues with this plan. No way hey, that they could foil it other than that. it are not going to work together. It worked for, I think I – th- I was saying it worked for Meb Kofleski in the Boston Marathon with Ryan Hall. True. True. And they did that on the fly too. They didn't even need to do any pre-race planning on that one. You're right. I think – I think on Monday, I think he's gonna be aware of his surroundings. And I think he's gonna be checking around him and he's gonna have Iowa State people telling him exactly how far he is. Cause I don't you're right. I don't think he wants it to come down to a kick. Why would you if you're that much better than than the field and in the one the race that he lost this year, right? We saw him get out kicked. Now it was against two really, really good runners. But I just it's just so hard to predict because we do this all the time not with indoor to cross because indoor to cross has never happened back on the same weekend we do this though all the time from indoor 5000 to indoor 3000 and we fall in love with whoever wins the 5000 and we say there's no way they're going to lose the 3000 the next day or on the track they win the 10000 that's there's no way they're going to lose the 5000 and it happens all the time it happens all the time so I'm not willing to give him the championship yet. All I'll say is, though, he was really dang good today. And he answered a lot of questions about how he'll respond to a, a championship-style uh, championship race, which is he does not make it a championship-style race. He just runs on his own.
1: You know what? I know we're looking forward to Monday, but let's be honest. The outdoor 5K final, when it's going to be Kip2 <laughs> versus Gorhalva <clears throat> versus Mance versus Cooper Tier, versus Edwin Kurgat, it's like, come on. You can't get better than that. That's going to be like the ultimate clash of like the top five. Um, That's going to be exciting. But we're in indoor right now, soon to become (laughs)
0: cross-country. Speaking of indoor, and speaking of Oregon, on the men's side, they were the other big story of the day. Their DMR team ran 919.98. Just missed that collegiate record that this year. Cooper Tier split a 352.99. And look... They all looked great today. Tier, you know, got the baton, was so composed, so poised. You've seen people put on the brakes too much. You've seen people try to extend that lead and it backfire on them. Tier played it perfectly there, got the win. Charlie Hunter in the 800 leg looked great. He was just with the pack and then scootered away. He looked great in his 800. Pretty as well, too. And Cole Hawker had the best time coming out of the mile prelims. So far so good for the Oregon men also Michael Williams the top qualifier in the in the 60 pretty much a perfect day for the team favorite Oregon men.
1: Yeah, almost perfect. Uh, Peralta didn't get through in the 8, but again, right, they are yeah. currently projected to win by 16 points. Right now the projections are Oregon 67, LSU 51, and then four teams in that third spot with 31 mm-hmm. points. Florida, Georgia, A&T, and Tennessee. So really, it's an Oregon versus LSU match. And mm-hmm. if Oregon just does bare minimum, they're going to win. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't see anyone really challenging Hawker and Tier in that 3K. I think Amoyne is now yeah. shot after the 5K. He was probably the closest challenger in a 3K. And yeah, they're just going to score. I mean, yeah, they're just – their bad performances are going to be third places. That's what – like they're going to be disappointed when they get third
0: and that's they're getting third to first is their range individually of what they're going to do. So well, well, let's look at that mile. Cole Hawker has the fastest qualifying time, and the person who you tabbed as the pre-race favorite, Sam Tanner of Washington, doesn't even make the final. So they're going to gain points there in a lot of form charts. I thought Hunter looked better than Taki Hideli did in the prelim of the 800. I think you'd have to say he's the favorite. And then based on what Cooper Tier did in the DMR, you have to say he's the favorite in the 5k not that they're gonna get 30 points right or sorry the 3k excuse me uh see i'm thinking about outdoors now because you got that in my ear gordon but there you go yeah they would they would need a pretty big collapse lsu's doing well though javon harrison gets that double again that high jump long jump double 230 and 8.45 i saw statman john says the best one day high jump long jump double in history so they're doing what they can to stay stay competitive. This Oregon team is just is really tough, tough to beat. Yeah. What did you think I of mean, the DMR? Uh who's fast, right? Like Yeah. Yeah.
1: We rarely it's like the whole remember, I mean, there was a time when Texas is nine twenty-five, whatever, with Leo Manzano yeah. and Jacob Hernandez was like the collegiate record for like 13 plus years, then it just gets broken, and then like almost everyone in the top five teams in the final all like break it. I mean, Texas broke the, their school record, which was previously the Mm -hmm. national record with a soft, like Creighton Caroza, not nothing against these guys, Mm -hmm. but like with a bunch of guys who don't have the pedigree of what a Liam Manzana was in college. I think it just shows that I think finally, I always thought this, I think finally schools and athletes are recognizing that the DMR times that we thought, we thought 930 was super elite. I think people need to now realize like, no, elite is sub 920. And I think 10 years from now, I think we should be having a 910 being, 915 to 910 being the collegiate record,
0: in my opinion. You had a lot of championships and there's not a lot of opportunities to run DMRs. Usually they run one for real to qualify and then they run... One in the ncaa championships and there's how many years have there been when you've been covering these things where it's a jog fest when it gets to the mile and the time becomes completely irrelevant i mean the time it's a championship meet, so the time's irrelevant let's just be clear but there's been enough of those additions of it i think tier keeping the pace going he kept it honest and then kicked off of an honest pace was the best strategy for him and it also he slowed it down enough to pull a few guys along in the beginning and they sped up to catch to get into that group. And then some of them fell off when he kept going again. But it wasn't this wasn't Ches at Penn relays when you and Lincoln lost your mind up there at Franklin Field when he slammed on the brake so hard. Like this was a he he kept it honest enough. They don't have the individual. Do you have indiv- I don't have individual lap splits on this? I just have splits by leg. So I can't see exactly what how tier went out. But he yeah. certainly. He certainly was conservative in the beginning, and then wound it up. But it was not a, I'm gonna, ju- I'm gonna be so annoyingly slow that I'm gonna force you to pass me. He d- he didn't get to that. He didn't get to that pace, and then uh, obviously closed really well. So I thought, you know, Oregon, you worry when you run that fast that early in the season. Hey, are they gonna have enough for championship time? And maybe it's because there's been such a long layoff because of COVID. That they have an extra bit of pep in their step, but they looked just as sharp as you'd expect.
1: Yeah. And I know we talked about the Oregon LSU battle. When I look at the, because right now I project 67 Oregon, 51 LSU. That's with accounting for who made the finals and everything. LSU Mm -hmm. just doesn't have an opportunity to score many more points. I mean, I have LSU winning the 200, I have them getting fourth in the 400, and like, second in the 60 hurdles like there's just yeah. there's not really a lot of opportunities for them to be like i'm going to go from seventh to second in three different yeah. events yeah. so they can make up that gap where oregon it seems like a lock. the only way oregon is going to lose is if their distance guys like trip and
0: fall and their sprinter false starts mm-hmm. which the odds of that happening aren't that
1: are pretty rare yeah
0: anyway yeah well they got their they got their triple jumper going tomorrow too as well yeah. So they got they got points points there, and they got, did they get it? Yeah, they got six in the heptathlon too. So added in some some points there. What other men's highlights were there prelim wise? I know the number one seed in the 400 uh, from Ohio State, Tyler Johnson, went out in the first round. We already mentioned Tanner. Going out, Trey Cunningham looked good in the 60 hurdles. Michael Williams looked good in the, the 60. He, looked re- he was, he shut it down around 652. He's that, yeah. he's good. He's legitimately good. Um, Not that anybody didn't know that. He's been he paying attention. The, he's like the biggest
1: quads I've ever seen. He, he reminds me of a <laughs> Sh- Sh- Shaquan Barkley. That's like, it's mm. like massive. I'm like, damn, this guy is motor. He definitely looks like he's built for a 60. I'll be interested to see how he does yeah. in 100 because his short stature kind of has like the Christian Coleman type stature. I mean, Coleman was mm-hmm. able to become a great hundred meter runner, but when Coleman was in a 60, you knew he was in his wheelhouse. Uh, so yeah, I think, yeah, he looks like he's going to be a good talent. Uh, he could, he could be, uh, if he develops well and has a good outdoor, he could sneak onto the Olympic team. You know, Justin Gatlin isn't getting any younger. We know mm-hmm. Lyles and, and Bromell are pretty much two of the main locks, but who, who could take that third spot? Could be a freshman from Oregon. How how great would Oregon love that the Olympic trials scene there? Jeez. A sprint. How often is a a star Oregon sprinter on the men's side being like the shining <laughs> star of who makes an Olympic yeah. team? You know, it's normally the the, yeah. the female sprinters, but never a male sprinter.
0: Yeah, and if anybody remembers back in you know the last couple Olympic trials, yeah, you know, we have, they've had somebody in the in the mix there, and the the Hayward fans really really get behind him. Were there any other people or any other upsets or surprises in either the field events or the the sprint prelims? Like we should know. Yeah,
1: I mean Adrian Pipery, uh, Texas. He didn't even make the final. He was favored to win, or if not, get second. So that kind of really hurt Texas's team chances of being a podium team. Um, in the shot. Yeah, in the shot. Excuse me. Uh I mean we you mentioned it, but LSU's Javon Harrison. Uh he's winning good. the high that's his name, right? He's good. Uh winning yeah, the high he's jump good. And the long and jump. I, I, <laughs> that's like it's a very diverse Again. uh how many people are doing that? Like when's the last time it's we've incredible. had I mean you see long jump triple jump all the time, you see long jump, sprinter all the time. But high jump, mm-hmm. long jump? Normally high jumpers, they're like so lanky that i don't know it's just like it's such a specific event that it's hard for them to really translate their skill set into other events because it's so important for the technique of being a high jumper whereas kind of long jump you know you need that speed and it kind of translates well to other events but the high jump Mm -hmm. man i mean he's gonna be i think he's gonna be here to stay and he's gonna be making a bunch of
0: world teams for the next decade it feels yeah, I wonder which way he's going to go, high jump or long jump, and you're yeah really curious. Oh, if you just focused on one, how how good could he get in in just one? Maybe they it seems like they have it working there to where they're mutually beneficial. While we're on the topic of field events, though, uh, we should mention some collegiate records went down. Tyra Gittens of Texas A and M set the pentathlon collegiate record. That was on day one on Thursday, and then on day two, Friday. Tara Davis 6.93 in the long jump for Texas which broke the collegiate record that was 6.91 from 20 2015. Um so big jump for her. Man, top four they kept on the broadcast they kept talking about how fast the the runways were there at 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 the Fayetteville complex and I mean top four set PBs there. So, 693, 670, 668, and 666 for Davis, Bryant, Gittins, and Wisby. Pretty impressive. I would say also The runways are fast. The runways are fast. I was
1: most impressed with what Tara Davis did of Texas because she's been, like, out of the game for – seems like forever. I mean, she was great coming out of high school. Then she was, like, not a superstar as a freshman at Georgia, but, like, you could see something was brewing – But then Mm -hmm. she decided to transfer. She had to sit out a year. And then you have COVID. And then she got injured. Mm -hmm. And all this stuff, all to culminate to like breaking a collegiate record. Not not winning an NCAA title, but breaking a collegiate record um, is pretty impressive. I did not see her getting to the top to like I I could see her like getting back into being a top three in the NCAA, but to become an all-time NCAA athlete, Mm -hmm. did not see that coming. And it's great for her. And I think uh, she, she she I think she found her event. I don't think she's going to be doing the 60 hurdles anytime or the 110 hurdles. I think she found her event mm-hmm. in the long jump, and I think that'll be the event that she can focus on to really propel her post-collegiate career, which I'm sure will be pretty good.
0: Yeah, and that freshman year at Georgia, I just looked it up. She was third. That was when Georgia went one, two, three, and she was 650. She was 650, so f- a few years later, all the way up to 693, knocking on the door of seven meters. Pretty impressive. You want to stay on the women's side here, Gordon? Yeah. What do we got? Well, let's just – I guess we could start with the sprints, or do you want to go to the fi- – do you want to talk about women's five? Uh, Let's talk about the women's five. So we were watching it while we were – Joyce Camelli. Joyce Camelli, 1548, wins in a kick over Bethany Haas. Who is Bethany Haas on my fantasy cross country team? She is. So I hope she's rested up. Uh, Ellie Hines of NC State, third. Mahala Norris, that was one of Lincoln's picks, fourth. Abby Wheeler, fifth. Grace Forbes, sixth. Jenna Magnus, seventh. And Hannah Steelman in eighth. Katie Izzo in ninth. So I think, our, I'm guessing, I don't know, have you had a chance to update your scores yet? Your your team score projections. I, I'm guessing you were counting on Arkansas I to put it. some points on the board there.
1: Okay. Yeah, I had Arkansas just winning. Uh, I haven't updated, but oh, I will okay. update so it if you... up. Yeah, but Arkansas had a big lead, so the odds of it really hurting them, I don't think it's going to be that crazy. But I can update it really quick. Mm-hmm. Give me. Don't worry. When I update it for tomorrow, it'll be much quicker.
0: Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Well, the, this was tactical. They did not do the Kip2 approach here. They went out in about <laughs> 5.18, 5.19. It was weird seeing a race. It's like, oh, this is how a championship race is supposed to be run. Like Wesley Kip2 made that thing look like a dual meet, a very, very fast dual meet, but a dual meet nonetheless. Uh, and then they started just past a the mile. They started getting going around 2K. Um, they hit 3,200 in, in 1020. and And then they still had some laps where they're really dawdling in the middle. They're very, very, very tactical. And Camelli went 34-31. So she closed in about 65-66 uh, and change there to, to hold on and get the win. So national championship uh, for for Joyce Camelli of Auburn. And then Bethany Haas right behind her in second. Come, and it'll be interesting to see the people who are doubling back. You know, it's not just a, it's not just a kip two. Uh, situation. There's going to be a bigger sample size than just one, one person. So we'll, it'll be interesting to see how they come back on Monday.
1: Yeah, and uh, looking at uh, the updated, I mean, this is not counting the the 200 uh, prelims which are happening right now as we do this pod, and the DMR which we'll react to live in a few minutes here. Uh, but Texas A and M right now is in the the lead with the projected at 57, Arkansas 55, mm-hmm. BYU okay. 39. Texas thirty eight, LSU thirty seven. So uh, BYU and Arkansas are the top two teams in this DMR coming up. So that'll be an interesting matchup. I have BYU winning, so that helps them get into that third position. But we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Texas A and M on the backs of Tyra Giddens, you know, doing well in the high jump in the pentathlon. She still was a top a, a top scorer in the long jump. They're getting the job done in the field events. We know they have a thing Mo coming in uh tomorrow yeah. long, and they're four by four so they have points arkansas though still in it 57 to 55 is basically a virtual tie but they have a big gap mm-hmm. over byu and texas BYU and texas they're in that 34 spot but they don't have enough bullets to really move up into the top two because arkansas and a and are going to score a lot of points
0: tomorrow yeah arkansas i'm looking at that 400 pretty interesting they got they got two through, but they didn't get the other two. But Texas A&M has the top two seeds. A thing did not take your advice and intentionally get a slower seed to be in the slow heat. She actually – not only did she not take your advice, she just went completely the other direction. She won it by six-tenths of a second, 51.02. I just see that she tweeted here, Gordon. Uh yeah. Oh, she tweeted a half hour ago. She says, "I'm doing a standing start in the finals."
1: I love that. I ran a 400 in college, and I was the only one with no blocks. Uh, for a lot of times, people who are mid-distance people trying to run a 400, they don't. It, it's not comfortable. Yeah. If You're not born with blocks. You don't. I. I. She's probably faster without blocks. 100. <laughs> I know it doesn't make any sense, but if you're not pra- if you don't practice block starts.
0: You can't just put them on and be like, "Oh, I'm here."
1: Like it doesn't work yeah. that
0: way. Yeah. So. <laughs> no, it seems like it's difficult. I, it's not definitely something I wouldn't be like, "Hey, it's uh, it's NCAA championship. Let's uh, throw some blocks out there." No, when you they know run what for a fun fours, video, see, seeing them.
1: like seeing Bowerman Track Club all try to do like a block start sixty, <laughs> and to see how bad the form is, them coming out of the blocks. Yeah. Distance runners just don't know how to do it.
0: It's a but lot of coordination, right? It's a is. lot of coordination. Uh, women's mile prelims. The reason why Gordon broke the fourth wall earlier, we're court, the DMR has not happened yet, so that's why yes. we're not able to. So if something crazy happened in the women's DMR, I guess we should have said this at the beginning. If nine <laughs> teams break break the world record and someone splits a four oh five mile, and we didn't lead with it, that's the reason we didn't get it's to because. It. Yeah, yeah. Which there's so much other stuff that no. I'm guessing it's going to be it's going to be good, but I think I think uh it's it's going to be in its proper spot. But yeah, so we're waiting for that to start in a couple minutes and then uh I guess we'll react to that one. That it's good practice for tomorrow. Actually, why don't we yeah, why don't plug we that? Do with...
1: you want to plug that? Yeah, we should we should plug tomorrow. What are we doing
0: tomorrow? Or we should say tomorrow what tomorrow is.
1: Two... Tomorrow is Saturday. If they're listening to this on a Saturday,
0: yeah, which they are, because nobody's crazy enough to listen to those on a Friday night. Tomorrow, on the final day of the NCAA Indoor Championships, we're going to do live podcasts. You can watch them on the Flow Track Podcast YouTube page. So, if you want to watch the meet but then watch us talk about it, look at Gordon's projections in real time, you can check it out. And it's going to be going on during the the men's session, which is earlier in the day, and then the women's session, which is in the later in the day. I'll get those exact times for you. Right now, because you know, earlier in the day and later in the day, you might be saying, "Hey, Kevin, that's way too uh, vague for us. Can you actually tell us specific times?" And I will tell you those times right now. And the women's time is, Gordon, do you know? Oh, so it's at one forty-five for the men and five forty-five for the women. Oh, yes, there you go, one forty-five and five forty-five. So we'll take central. a break in between, but we'll yes, yeah, central. We'll be reacting uh, in real time, so you can check it out. Also, if you can't watch in real time. We'll archive those as two separate podcasts and you'll be able to find them in the normal podcast feed or on the website or on YouTube. But FlowTrack podcast YouTube page, we're also going to run that back again because Gordon's trying to kill us. We're going to run that back <laughs> on Monday during the cross country championships when we'll start at about 11 a.m. central and run through the both the men, women's race first and then the men's race. And we are supposed to have some special guests for that too. Which it's not Lincoln. I know last time maybe people were like, <laughs> "Oh man, who's our special guest for the fantasy draft?" And then we got to the end and it was just like Lincoln chilling on his bed in front of cool artwork, and they were kind of disappointed. This time, these are actual uh, professional, at least one athlete, and then you know it could be plural, it could be athletes. So in any event, that's what's going on. Watch party, Flow Track Podcast YouTube channel, and you can subscribe there as well too. How'd I do? You did great.
1: I think we can you can clip okay, that it would be great. Uh other <laughs> things I want to say about the women's uh prelims before we get into uh this DMR that's we'll we'll react to live. Um the 60. We finally saw some fast times in the women's sixty. Yeah, yeah. terry ran seven ran seven oh nine. It's point oh two off of the collegiate record you gotta think that in the final she's probably going to be sniffing Aaliyah Hobbs slash Hannah Cunliffe's 707 record um yeah so she looked good there she's also qualified in the 200 and then also um I gotta say this because I'm gonna say it every time until end of June but Abby Steiner top seed in the women's 200 she mm-hmm. is going to be making the Olympic team in the 200 come June. And it all starts now. No one was saying it. I was saying it back in August, holding on to it. She ran 22.62 on this prelim. I said like three August. I said it before the pandemic. So yeah, anyway. Hey, I'm I'm excited to see my one prediction come to fruition.
0: Yeah, after a couple of them went completely up in smoke. Although in Gordon's guesses this week, I don't think you talked about uh, Sam Tanner. So you can just forget that that happened. Yeah. Right? Well, everyone got that okay. wrong. Seven point one one two too for Kiara Grant, who was not in Terry's heat. So Terry, she might need to run the collegiate record to win that race tomorrow.
1: Yeah. So we're here. We're, if people are listening to it, we're watching the women's. We're, not, here. we're, we were not We're at home.
0: We were not at home. We're not at the meet. <laughs> Sorry. going. Uh,
1: but, second year in a row. We're at home. Yeah. We're not there unfortunate there's so one thing as media it's really annoying though we come we're looking at this feed and you see people there there's people in the stands there's people there's so many officials they couldn't let, like who's like, that person immediate like they couldn't let three media people stand there with a the camera but they need like 20 old people to be i don't know it's just like come on they could have added three extra bodies i just that's okay. all i'm saying
0: that's, three extra that's gordon's take There, just that's Gordon's take on it. Uh, Arkansas, Lauren Gregory going, that's Lauren Gregory, right? Yep, she's extending the lead over BYU. This is kind of working out how you you thought it would.
1: Yeah, BYU just needs to hold, maintain somewhat of a distance. I mean, not to fall apart too much, seems like they're falling off, but they do have Courtney Wayman on the anchor. She's the best miler in the field. You have to imagine if she's within. 10 meters they should be back in it you know through the first like 1k of their 1600 meter anchor so what 318 through 1200 I don't know good women's (laughs) like the men it's pretty like Uh, it's a it's very like it's sub three and it's like decent the lower you get to 250 yeah the the more elite you are is for women Mm -hmm. is it sub 330 or is it sub 320 i don't know what it is well
0: three yeah 330 would be 440 pay so you think that would be definitely manageable here um
1: yeah
0: is chrissy gear is chrissy gear gonna be on anchor for arkansas because she had a pretty good mile earlier in the day this is just riveting for people who already know the answer to this uh wait chrissy gear <laughs> yeah yeah she won the first heat 440 yeah well we can hope the something first, crazy the first half, 40 minutes of this pod was really good. Yeah, something crazy yeah. happens though. It's just going to be like two people going. Oh, okay. So, nah. It's Arkansas BYU, one and two. Let's see. It's also really hard to tell who's running what legs because they're switching everybody around. Oh, uh, collision! Time. Oh, and there was a fall oh, there. That was good. That collision. Uh, I'm I, so I'm interested in this in this strategy here, right? As you are every single time with the DMR. Do you wanna really get a lead or do you wanna be the hunter or the hunted? Like it's interesting. It'll be interesting when Arkansas, if Arkansas hands off in the lead, do they continue to press their advantage or do they back off a bit and try to kick? You're saying you wouldn't want to go toe to toe with Wayman fresh, basically. So yeah, I mean PYU is advantage. in perfect
1: they're in perfect position right now. I mean, this could all come if you know the result.
0: I could be saying something stupid right now. But. You do know the you literally know the result. There's no way you don't know the result because this is not going out last.
1: <laughs> well, they cannot look at so results even if and just you, listen
0: to the pod. They could just be I don't, I don't unaware because we're probably going to put the result like in the description, right? And and <laughs> such and such is epic DMR win or something. Maybe we'll leave this That's one out. True. We won't talk about this one even if it's epic. But but um, what's the collegiate record? in the, should we be we watching for the women's collegiate record too? in this thing since what is the it? men's almost went down do we, do we do we do we put a lot of weight there? on collegiate oregon ten forty eight seventy seven from 2017.
1: that's breakable
0: what do they give? so we'll see what them the, when breakable. they get it the mile it's just so Everybody's hard to figure breakable. out with the splits and everything like that yeah yeah again it's a dmr well, let's, so let's let's think, possible here
1: would the dmr be more exciting if you could choose the order of your legs
0: we talk about this every three months, so I'm glad you're bringing it up now. always <laughs> caught Arkansas, by the way. <laughs> no, I For think they, they, the DMR will be more exci- the, the DMR be more exciting if the 800 was last. That's the way you. It's, I don't know if you want to call it fix the DMR, but yeah, the 800. Oh man, they got the baton at the same time, pretty much. But we'll see. Well, they got we'll like 6:20. Like and... so, yeah, so I mean, at if record. they run
1: a 4:30, they need run 4:28 to break the collegiate record. That could happen.
0: That'd be f- wait. Wayman's Fresh running, running, st- running start. Yeah, maybe. We may we maybe we're talking about history as it happened on on a recorded podcast, it was never before done, seen before. You know, it was Glad a, a funny Juan thing when uh,
1: <laughs> when um when we we're I was watching the the earlier women's races like the mile and the uh with audio on, and there's not a lot of fans there. It's kind of quiet, right? <laughs> but you could hear coaches. I know, right? And I could totally distinctly uh, know when Dilgit Taylor was, was screaming because she had a very distinct scream for her athletes in the miles. Like, oh, that's Dilgit. I learned that when we were filming that mic up with them uh, a few weeks ago during the West Coast Conference Championships. So they went You could they hear got every the coach. At, I was not, oh. Yeah. They got the baton at 620. So, what are they? So out, 7:30, 440, paced.
0: Yeah,
1: 440 yeah. pace, yeah, 440 pace, yeah. Weymouth should just so that go, is Chrissy
0: drop them, yeah. Wait, do you think she? So, you're saying they you think they can hear Coach Taylor? Is that is that what your guess is?
1: No, I just thought it was just funny that I watching the
0: ESPN feed could hear one voice yeah. screaming and I knew who
1: that was. I just thought that was funny,
0: yeah. No, no, I was 100% the same, and I, I was being sarcastic because they definitely can hear her. And it's probably helping them. They've run well. So they got, what, two women through in the mile. Their 800-meter runner looks really good. And this will be – and if they can hold on here. Go ahead. They'll get they'll get 10 points here.
1: And then they have two women in the 3K who could both finish in the top three. So they could get 18 mm-hmm. to 16 points in the 3K plus these 10 points mm-hmm. plus whatever they get in the mile and the eight. They have enough to get to 40 potentially podium which would be crazy because that means BYU could podium with a distance-only crew of which none of them are running cross-country. That's just wild.
0: 838. If they could go
1: all fresh on cross-country on Monday, it would be like the perfect BYU weekend for the women.
0: 838. I think she just needs a 70 for the collegiate record. Is that right? Yeah, 848. That's all math am I, am yeah. Am I looking at the time, I mean, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, this would be the first uh, – Coach Taylor's never won a coach to a national title in D one, so this would be the first one. They've gotten close a lot, obviously last year in Terre Haute and Cross. They went down to the wire with Arkansas, but Courtney Weymouth is just opening this thing up. This is just insane. This is a this is a show yeah. of confidence. I don't think I've seen a DMR that I can remember uh, at, at the NCAA championship being run like this. But she's just she's just cruising. They might along. they might
1: get the record. Yeah, they are like nine thirty uh, at with a hundred to go. So nine forty eight is the record. Not a The exact record.
0: The, Gordon, the record is ten forty oh,
1: 9. Sorry, I'm off. <laughs> Oops. I'm off by a.
0: Oh, I'm. I think I, so. She's got two to go. Is that right? Yeah. So okay, So I'm. I was off by. I was off by. 11. Okay. So yeah, Man, you. See, this you're is why you don't. Me. No, this, this, is, this is why I, you don't do well, it live. Well, no, I thought it was. <laughs> I thought it was. There's a lot of reasons why you don't do it live. We're just working out the kinks again, working out the kinks for tomorrow. Unless she's finishing here, in which case they're going to beat the collegiate record by 20 seconds. Uh, and then that would be kind of weird. Uh, or like no, 30 seconds, actually. Yeah, I know. I was, that was sarcasm. So 10 20 at the bell. 10 20 at the bell. Arkansas, about 10 24 at the bell here. BYU looking very, very good, and like Gordon said, puts them a good spot in the team race as well too. Because Wayman's yeah. coming back in the three, Olivia Hoy in the three, their eight hundred runner could win, and they could get points in the in the mile as, as well too. But Weymouth is going to win this thing for BYU going away. Man, this is impressive. Yeah, this is impressive. Wow. About ten fifty two. Arkansas. Oh, she feels it uh, going
1: crazy there at the finish line. She on the inside. <laughs> yeah. She sucks. Oh, they it's wanted like this one, but yeah,
0: look at that. So they wow. Yeah. I mean, they remember at Albuquerque last year, they were one of the favorites to do it, right? And they had Orton yeah. on the on the anchor. And, you know, nothing was guaranteed, but they were definitely one of the teams to beat in that in that race and they were like everybody devastated that day in Albuquerque. We actually got a video of coach Taylor talking to the team and they were in tears. And rightfully so. They thought they had a great chance to win. Um so just yeah, cool to see. Cool to see. Not a lot of teams so and, you know, not a lot of the thing teams came back that were the same. So if you're the BYU
1: women right now in a Stillwater hotel You're watching this. Yeah, you're getting ready for your cross country race. This got to do like wonders for your confidence going into, you know, just seeing like your people you train with. It's not even seeing like a different event. You're seeing literally the people you do the same workouts with win a national title. You got to think like, hey, they could just do it. Why can't we do it? Right. And yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see how the BYU women perform on Monday.
0: Wow. Yeah. So, yeah 1052 1057 Florida state third with 1059 Alabama fourth and Oklahoma State fifth well and as you mentioned they're they're rolling out like a new team on Monday <laughs> as well too so they don't even have to have people they don't have to have people Duh. come back but you know they've been training with each other they know what they're capable of so it's got to be it's got to be a boost there okay final thoughts Gordon uh
1: tomorrow's gonna be fun? Men's side, it's going to be the Oregon show. Uh, I'm excited to see how those mid-distance races shape up. Can we see a really impressive sprint time? Can the bowling do something phenomenal in the 200? Can we see uh, Michael Williams Michael Williams do something interesting in that 60? And then distance-wise, you might see an upset here or there. Team-wise, it's going to be Oregon, LSU, Oregon. I pretty much it's going to win it. Um, and then on the women's side, close battle between A&M and Arkansas – I think they both have a good four by four. Can a thing mo get mm-hmm. the collegiate record? That'll be fun to watch live. And also, the BYU women, if they can go to Stillwater with already a trophy within a, a full <laughs> fresh seven going on to the starting yeah. line, uh, it'll be a very uh, interesting um, day for them. So excited to do it live. Yeah. So, Flow Track podcast, YouTube channel 145 Central Men, 545 Central Women. We're going to watch the whole meet live, react to it. There's a YouTube comment. So if you guys chat with us, maybe we'll answer some of your questions. I don't know. What do YouTubers do these days? Smash the like button, subscribe, all that stuff. But yeah, we'll see you. If you're listening to us now, it's probably
0: like noon on a Saturday. So we'll see you in like 90 minutes. Yes. (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Flowcheckpodcast at gmail.com. Like Gordon mentioned, go subscribe to the FlowTrack Podcast YouTube channel. And tune in on Saturday and on Monday as well. Thanks to Alon for producing. We will talk to you guys on Saturday.